Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it may be, wherever you are. My name is Craig Hagan, and you're listening to Raymond's Weekly Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Tony McKinnon. We call him T-Mac. He hasn't been eating any crawfish recently. No crawfish no recently. Crawfish. Did get a good nap today, though. You take a nap every, every yeah. lunch. Yeah. Yes. This man sleeps in his truck at lunchtime. <laughs> you know, then people think he's a homeless, homeless guy person. or something like that. With a really expensive truck. Yeah. With a really expensive. <laughs> hey, there are homeless people to have real expensive trucks. I, I want to. Yeah. I wanna, yeah. Clock know. in every day to collect their money. But anyway. Yes. So Tony actually takes a nap in his truck. Um, seriously, it's, it's not, not a. Not a um, not a fable. Yeah, no, it's not a fable. It's a fact. I didn't believe it. I thought it was he was lying, but you know. Just ask the so, Broken Arrow Police. They've checked on me before. Have so, they really? Yeah. Oh, maybe I was dead or something. <laughs> well, what, what, where were you napping? That's my secret space. I can't this tell is, you. So you're not napping on campus? <laughs> no, I got to lick. I get out of this place at least for a little bit. No, I'm not on campus. <laughs> Anyway, we'll have to hear about that another day. <laughs> Hope everyone's doing great today. It's a wonderful September. It's a fall day. You know? fall, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's September 29th, right? Almost, yeah. almost end of September um, where we're recording the program. Probably this would actually, actually air in about three weeks. Um, we just had Hurricane Ian came, come through, so we do want to continue to pray for the yes. folks all over Florida. A lot of devastation. And, and you know, um, we we've done a lot of tornado um, relief here in the Oklahoma area. You know, we I realize that insurance will, will will recover some of these people's you know stuff. Hopefully, they have insurance because there are some people in Oklahoma that did not have insurance. But um, you know, this is a devastation. I, I've seen grown men cry. Yeah. You know, this one gentleman in El Reno, he said, "I worked." All my life, and I just bought this like five-acre little farm thing. Just built my house. The barn just got finished last week, in a F5 tornado, just mm. totally devastated. And he goes, he goes, you know, I know it can be rebuilt, but I mean, he was just like devastated, and also too trying to figure out where you're going to live, how you're going to operate in the meantime. In the meantime, and you know, and also, you know, supply chain crisis and lack of workers or whatever. I mean, it could take years to, to rebuild. So we want to continue. You know, to be praying for the, those folks. I mean, I mean, it's going to be weeks, months, maybe even a year before some of these folks get reestablished. And, and then obviously, um, um, Florida. I mean, their winter time is. You know, they're getting ready to come in. That's where their economy. I mean, a lot of these tourists come. Snowbirds. Snowbirds come down, and so um, you know, um, you know, it's it's devastation. So what on we, a positive note, though, as far as we can ascertain, I mean, we've got Rama people and our may ministers all over down there and we've not got anybody with any really terrible substantial yeah. damage so and nobody hurt of our f- rama family so praise yeah. god for and, that. And it is pretty awesome i mean you know and and what people need to like you said in a one thing that's different about a hurricane than a tornado is you do have time to evacuate a lot of people don't want to evacuate but you never know like that you know it it hit a little south of what it was going to hit so some people didn't even think they needed to evacuate yeah because um, I've seen a lot of my pastor friends in, in Tampa had posted the, the news story where it says it was supposed to hit directly hit Tampa and it didn't hit Tampa. You know, I, I guess it's pretty hard to be able to, to pray the storm doesn't hit you but hit somebody else. So, I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> Let, well, one of our uh, guys, Larry Milliner, up in the Panhandle of Florida, lives uh, on a river that um, eventually dumps into the ocean there, and um, when that the, the pressure. The, the flow off of that thing it was sucking the water out of the river where he lives wow. up in the panhandle 
yesterday. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people don't realize the, the power of, yeah. of a storm like that. Um, so anyway, continue to pray for the, for them. Today we we have a special guest. Um, that what do you see? You hold the record between them graduation times here at Raymond. Um, Don Close is here today, and she's going to talk about. You came to Raymond the first time in nineteen nineteen eighty two September nineteen eighty two eighty two eighty two. Yeah. Don's what we call a returner, and so she holds the record now for the longest span between the return. And so I guess if you wait. Graduation in May of this year. So 40 yeah. years from beginning to end. So we're going to give her Cliff's green hat because he formerly had the record. So Yes. Um, and, you know, some people do have to be in the wilderness for 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I hadn't thought of it that way until <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. And I'm not saying you're in the wilderness. Yeah, but we just call, we'll call I you. I was. We'll I call you Mo- Moshe. <laughs> So let's back up before you came in 82. I mean, I, we always want to know, how did you come to Rama? or was, you know, I know some people grew up Christian all their life. And, you know, I mean, I talked to people that, well, in eighth grade, I knew I was going to come to Rama when I graduated. Born in a manger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and then, faith then we come to people who were heathen. Then we come to people who didn't even know who Brother Hagen was and showed up on, on campus somehow, yeah. some way, never read a Brother Hagen book, never didn't know who I was. In fact, Actually, one one of our guys who really helped me, he's like a, like a son to me, he actually told people he was going to John Hagee school whenever he <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, he didn't even know. He goes, yeah, Hagee, Hagen, it's pr- pretty close or whatever. So when he came down here, he doesn't didn't know anything about, you know, our ministry. And, you know, now he's a huge Rhema knight. Um, but anyway, Don, tell us how you found out about Rama. Yeah, and I, I was living in Fargo, North Dakota, and had a friend there who had come to Rama and just spent a short time here and then dropped out. But he was still into Brother Hagen's books. And so he gave me um, a copy of Redeemed from Poverty, Sickness, and Spiritual Death. Is that do I have the title yep. right? Yep. So it's I a remember long title, but it's right. I I remember sitting in sitting in a library and and with my Bible and reading this book and and just looking up all the verses and just getting really excited about the whole thing. And so I think I learned enough I, I was married, just a newlywed. Um learned enough about faith to be dangerous, really. <laughs> and so we my my grandmother had promised as a wedding gift, we got married in May. My grandmother had promised uh, that we would have uh, room, board, and tuition for two years at either Rama or Christ for the Nations in Dallas. Well, unknown to me, she and Frida Lindsay were good friends, and she was a donor to Christ for the Nations. She'd already rented an apartment for us and <laughs> made all these arrangements, but hadn't even spoken to me about it. And so then when we prayed about it and said, you know, we feel the Lord's leading us to Rama. <laughs> She was not happy and and said, you will not get a penny from me. So this was shortly before we're to wow. leave for school. And so we, we left Fargo, North Dakota, uh, borrowed a trailer, um, had whatever belongings in, in this trailer and started driving down to Tulsa. We didn't even have enough money for gas to get here. And, and uh, Stopped in Kansas to visit my brother-in-law, uh, who was at an army base in, in Kansas, and, and uh, went out to meet him for, for dinner. And uh, he said, the Lord spoke to me on the way over here and to ask you if you need any money. And, and I was like, do we need money? 
<laughs> you know, start start bawling and and so he emptied his wallet and then emptied his bank account, wired us what he had in his bank account, which was a few thousand dollars or something like that. And we thought this faith thing is awesome. <laughs> and and uh, you know, the class faith, foolishness, and presumption at at the beginning. You know, with 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 uh, Dr. Fred Price. Um, I, I, I kept thinking, shouldn't we get jobs? Shouldn't we get jobs? But no, we're he, we're in the ministry, and we're here to go to school, and so we're in the ministry. And so no, we didn't get jobs, but we went shopping. We went and got new furniture, you know, brand new furniture, and so made our first tuition payment. And then when it came time for the next, we didn't have money. But uh, I had I had an aunt and uncle here, and and called them up and said, you know, this is what's happened. Well, they knew we'd been foolish. And so my uncle said, I'll buy that recliner off you, that brand new lazy boy for what you paid for it. And so we were able to make our tuition payments and we went out and got jobs that same day. And so came to our senses. Yeah. So, so yeah. So we knew enough about faith to be dangerous, but uh, yeah. So that was how it came to be here at Rama And, uh, so finished first year together, then when it came to second year, I was all excited about doing second year and choosing which area to go into, and I was informed that I would not be going to second year, that I was going to be working while my husband went second year. And I said, so we're going to stay on for another year? No, you're not going. And and from that, then he graduated, and we moved to Zimbabwe, where, where he had grown up, and began um, doing evangelism, did evangelism crusades all over Southern Africa for a number of years. Wow. Yeah. And the story goes on from there. <laughs> <laughs> now, was Zimbabwe actually Rhodesia at the time? It was Rhodesia, yes. Yeah. It had been Rhodesia. But by the time I, we moved I, there in I, I do know my geography a little bit. I remember when I was a kid. Yeah. It was Rhodesia. Yeah. And I, I, I guess it was 85, 1985, we... Um, I didn't go to Zimbabwe. I went to the airport. Um, we, we were flying from South Africa to Australia, and we ha- somehow we had to go go to Zimbabwe. And um, and I tell you, who was Ed Elliott was happened happened to be there. Oh, yeah. And so he was able to somehow come into the airport. My parents gave him some Snickers bars and things like that that we had because um, we had like a four or five hour layover yeah. in Zimbabwe. Um, yeah. And so then we headed to Australia. And so um, we went around the world, actually. We went to Australia, then to Hong Kong. So awesome. kind of interesting. So, awesome. so you're in Zimbabwe, and then... Yeah, so did evangelism crusades all over Southern Africa, um, South Africa, Botswana, Zambia, Mozambique. Um, did some crusades in Botswana with Tommy O'Dell, T.L. Osborne's mm. grandson. Yeah. He was kind of the one who, who really got us going on doing larger-scale uh, evangelism crusades. Yeah. And then, want to hear a Tommy O'Dell story? Sure. When Tommy O'Dell was <clears throat> in high school, he was an interesting young man. And so Jerry O'Dell worked for us at the ministry. Yeah. Um, so what, I don't know how or why or may, maybe because I mean, I'm a little younger than Tommy, but I kind of knew where kids hung out. So um, somehow, some way, it ended up that Jerry and I went searching for Tommy one night. <laughs> we couldn't find him. He, he kind of went AWOL or whatever. We, we drove down Peoria, drove down drove down. Um, um, memorial or whatever but you know and actually some of you knew tommy and 
in high school, you never thought he would be doing what he's doing today. But, yeah. um, <laughs> well, that was how he got born again was his friends threw him out of the car because I think he was dying of a drug overdose. Probably, and yeah. so laying there in the, in, the, in the ditch, he yelled Jesus, and, and that was the beginning. It was probably one of the days when Tom and Jerry and I were looking for him. And I, haven't, I don't really know why it was me, Jerry and I, but we, I mean, he was just, I think he was at my house, or, or, or you know, him and my dad go way back. And, yeah. um, and he was just looking for his son. And so he, I don't know why, but it was him and I, we went looking for Tommy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we went from doing evangelism crusades to, um, being in, uh, Bulawayo, Zimbabwe, and, uh, started something we called the word center, which is at sixth, uh, sixth and main right downtown. And at that time there was no satellite TV. Uh, there wasn't. I mean, it was, it was kind of like the, the word of faith was a bit unknown in Zimbabwe. And then, uh, so at, at the Word Center, we played videos. So we'd play Brother Hagen, we'd play Jerry Savelle, Charles Capps, uh, Dr. Fred Price, um, you know, the, the Word of Faith teachers that, that we knew and loved. And so we would play these videos, and we had 80 seats in there, and then we'd have Hour of Power at lunchtime. And there were actually a number of churches that, that emerged from, from that. And we went from that to um, doing a, an annual conference called the Spirit and Word Church Leadership Conference. Uh, the last one that we had was 1997. Uh, we had, had uh, people coming from six different nations. Um, I think there were 600 delegates and maybe 5,000 people in attendance in the night meetings. I mean, so the thing had really grown. Um, and, and in all of that, every year we would uh, hand the delegates a stack of books. And so uh, Kenneth Hagin Ministries donated a number of books to us. And, and so we'd, you know, a pile of books that everyone would get. And at that time, these materials were not available. And uh, so it was really, there, there's people to this day that talk about the books. And this was back in the, this was back in the 90s. Um, I, I still meet people today that talk about the impact of those books on wow. their lives. And, yeah. and you know, actually, that's you know one thing too. Um, digital books might be good, but I know people really want real books, especially in Africa, because yeah. they're saying, you know, if it's a digital book, um, you know, I can't give it to to my neighbors, my friends, and all, all these because you know we found out like in Kenya, like one book a lot of times would have and seven people, seven different people would read that one book. Yeah, And so, you know, a lot of times, because we, we were trying to think of ways to make it easier to get a tablet, put a bunch of digital books on there so they would have it. And, and most of them said they, they didn't want it that way. They, they would rather have the actual book mm -hmm. um, because of that. And then and the number of people that would pass out Word of Faith magazines, um, you know, they would, yeah. they would um, train yeah. them off and things like that. So Yeah, like all my books that I had from doing that first year of Rama, they all disappeared. You know, <laughs> they, were, they were given away and... Yeah, so now now I've gone to having a lending library with, you know, writing people's names and date and their phone number and all that kind of thing on it. So, yeah, from from um doing all of that, then we moved into having a Bible school. And uh from that oh, what would I say? Things went south <laughs> relationally and um there there came a day when god spoke to me very clearly now would be a good time for you to go and my daughter and i and my granddaughter uh landed in pittsburgh at john nuzo's church okay uh which was really a game changer 
for my entire life and and for that of my daughter as well and and so it was a matter of uh, beginning to to look at my own issues with my own life um, Pastor John talks a lot about being governed by what you believe and uh, what's written on your heart. Uh, I'd, I'd seen him in, in uh, Zambia in 2005, and he said, if there's one thing I can say to you, Don, it's to ask uh, yourself, what lies am I believing? And, and I started making a list. You know, mm. There were so many things I believed about myself that really weren't true, that weren't, weren't based in, in what God said about me. And... So I, I, I was making this concerted effort to change, but I wasn't really getting anywhere. And, and they even sent me to a, uh, I guess she was a Christian psychologist. But so I'd, I'd been seeing her for a while. And I was like, okay, so I've got issues. I've got stuff. I don't want to be like this the rest of my life. How can I change? Well, you keep coming to see me. I was like, I don't want to keep coming to see you. I want to change. I want to, I want to be different. What can I do? And I think between what, what she shared with me and what Pastor John uh, spoke about and, and taught and everything, it was like, I need to rewrite what's, what's in my heart. And there was a day I got really emotional in the session that we had, and um, she said, well, what's all that emotion about? And I, Because my dad would leave me at church. And, I mean, it was like they shut down the church, they shut out the lights, and, and everybody went home, and there I'd sit and wait. And, and she said, well, how did that make you feel? I said, like, I wasn't important, you know, and, and I got real emotional about it. Well, that night when I went home, I, I was sitting there on my sofa, and I was crying, and I was still emotional, and I said, before I was formed in my mother's womb, you knew me, and you approved of me. And for years, that verse, I mean, I still get emotional talking about mm. that verse, but it was like it started getting on the inside of me. And and that was when I started seeing change. Wow, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, it's not about who we are; it's about who we are in Christ. And a yeah. lot of times, Amen. you know, um, you know, the, the Bible says that we should love our neighbor as ourselves. And um, the Lord told me one day because I, I speak on love, second part of Faith Library one, and um, says that some people, the reason they can't love other people, they don't even love themselves. Yeah. Exactly. Until you can love yourself. You can't love anybody else. And there's so many people because, you know, we look ourselves in the mirror and maybe yeah. we're not, you know, we don't have the look that we want to have, but then we, we need to learn to love ourselves. Yeah. And the, I don't think I had any basis for ministry or giving to anybody else because I was so operating at such a deficit myself. Yeah. And so, so much of what I did in ministry was about me and feeling good about myself. Mm, so, so, trying so, to fill so, that hole. Trying to fill the hole. So, so yeah. ba- basically what you do is, and it's the same way, you know, if, if I give to others, then I don't have to worry about myself. And so mm-hmm. I'm trying to, trying to do that. But it is interesting because I am a child of the 80s. Um, and Whitney Houston had a song, and, and he said, you know, the greatest love of all. So learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all. And, you know, yeah. it is interesting that... A lot of people don't love themselves, and, and that's yeah. why well, we see a lot of depression, a lot of things, especially among, I, I, I say young ladies, because I, I've I worked a lot with youth and, and young adults and things like that, and I've seen a lot of young ladies, I mean, maybe tragic things might have happened, um, yeah. you know, people might maybe molested or raped or different things like that, and because of that, it just totally, their love for themselves isn't there, or even... Even sometimes they got involved in some things maybe they shouldn't have, and they yeah. they can't forgive themselves. And it's um, you know, and and that's pretty important. And um, 
you know, I, I know that's a great, you know, I mean, I'm not saying if you come to Rhema, you'll learn to love yourself. But, but I mean, I, we've had some people that have told us, you know, before I came here, I didn't know how to find out who I was in Christ. Even though there's plenty of books and plenty, plenty of great ministers that I know that, that really teach a lot on that. But, you know, it was, you know, they, they, never, they never got it. And, you know, and a lot of times it's something that, you know, like you said, you have to do it for yourself. You have to yeah. understand that there, there are some things that, that you know, I, I can give you or some kind of, you know, Christian psychologists can, can give you all the great advice in the world, but there's something that, you know, that you need to do. And sometimes I just say, you, you know, you got to just let Jesus heal you because I, I don't know how yeah. to heal you. I, I don't know what to say that, that's going to make yeah. it okay. I, I think I found, Pastor Craig, that, that meditating, I, I mean, it, it's so simple, but, but it's like meditating on the truths of what God says about you. And, it, and it's in Brother Hagen's the in him realities. In him realities. Yeah. There it is. You know, new yeah. creation realities. But how often do we do it? And mm-hmm. and do we make a concerted effort to do it? And and that's one of the reasons in the in him book, in the very back of the book, there's all kinds of scriptures for for yeah. you to read. And the, the point was and then also if you have the C D series, because I put it in there the C D series, we put a little a little sheet in there that way you can read all the in him scriptures. Um yeah. and it's it's there so people will actually do it. Um, yeah. and my grandfather talked to many times about reading who you are in him and it's knowing who we are in Christ. And, um, you know, the other side about it is there are some people you know, it's probably one, one of the reasons that I didn't lose weight for a long time. Cause I love myself regardless. Of how I <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that was <laughs> maybe I had too much love for myself. Yeah. Um, you know, so. <laughs> I love all yeah. 300 pounds of me. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, more than 300 just pounds. There's <laughs> more me to love, baby. <laughs> I remember when I went below 300 pounds, I was really pretty excited about that. But, um, yeah, so, wow. you know, no, I mean, I'm being serious because I had a, in, in a lot of it's because of my upbringing and because of my grandfather. I mean, I always knew who I was in Christ and I yeah. was, I always was a cheerful, happy person and still am, <laughs> um, you know, not saying that bad things don't happen, but, you know, just, you know, I'm always, well, my grandfather always would say, well, what does the word say? Anytime I ask him a question, what does the yeah. word say? So I had to learn to read the word for myself and, you know, and, Thank God for my heritage. That was one thing I'm, I'm really glad about because, you know, I always knew where to turn. And, yeah. and where to turn wasn't necessarily always my parents or my grandparents. It was just in turn to God. And, that's, you know, and I thank God for just being able to grow up in that heritage. But I have working with, especially with young, young women, I've seen a lot of, I mean, there are young men as well. But, but especially in young women, there's a lot of, you know, just self-issues. Um, shame is a big deal a lot of the time so I mean that that was a a major thing for myself was was shame for what I'd done in the past yeah um looking for love in all the wrong places yeah exactly (laughs) exactly I I, I think of songs all the time so (laughs) yeah yeah so I'd I'd been at um in in Pittsburgh there at John Nuzo's church for two years what, John and Devo. Michelle Nuzo, shout out. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, changed name of the changed my life. Victory I mean, if something. I what, if what? I talk about Pastor John, I get all teary eyed and emotional. And okay, first shout out. Life. Can we give the church names? Victory so. something. Victory Family Church. Yeah. Victory Family Cranberry, Church. Cranberry Township. Yeah. Yeah, so yes. You want to look it up, or you can go to find the church yeah. in your area. Go to yeah. go to Raymond.org. Yeah. Yeah. Suburb of Pittsburgh, there, Cranberry yeah. Township. John yeah. and Michelle are North. awesome. So after I'd been there for two years, I started to realize, you know, my life is not over because I'm divorced. It doesn't mean my dreams have to die. I I didn't want to be divorced, but I was. And it didn't mean that life was over. And uh, so I started looking at, well, who am I? 
and and what dreams do I have and 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 they haven't gone away and so I enrolled in graduate school at the University of Pittsburgh and studied international development and so got a master's degree and two weeks after graduation landed in uh, in Zambia with uh, Walker and Haley Shures yeah um, opened up the the bookstore in their new church um, they attempted to get a work permit for me, but that, that didn't happen. And so I registered uh, Foundation for the Realization of Economic Empowerment. Acronym is FREE. And, uh, <laughs> cool. Which, which is confusing at times because so we have uh, one, of, one of the projects that I have in economic empowerment is a copper jewelry project. And so then on the, on the tags, there's, it says FREE. And so I've had people come up and say, yes, I just want to let you yeah. know that this is what I'm taking of your and, free jewelry. Oh, wow. no, 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 no. It's just works. an acronym. Yeah. It's just an acronym. Yeah, sometimes acronyms yeah. come to bite you, I guess. <laughs> yeah. What's would have been cool if you could get free.com? Anyway. <laughs> it, it was already taken. Yeah, I'm sure it was. So it's free-zambia.org. Yeah. But, but um, I love what I do. You know, being at Pitt, so I, I enrolled, uh, I think it was the week before my 50th birthday. And, and uh, I wanted to study economics for development. And they said, it's been 30 years since you studied economics. You, you can't take that course. And, and uh, so here I was with all of these young people who had just come from their undergraduate. And a lot of them were from Ivy League schools. And so, for example, my economics course. So, so this is about the grace of God, what, what I'm sharing here. And two weeks into uh, studying... I was like, what have I done? This isn't even the English language. I, I, don't, I don't even know these words. And so I went out and bought a dictionary and a notebook, and I started writing down all these words, which, I mean, I, I'd been using simple English for a number of years living in Zimbabwe, and uh, uh, there were a lot of words that just weren't in my vocabulary. And so I would read, and I'd pray, and I'd read, and I'd pray, and... Um, so anyway, to, to end the story, like in my, in my uh, economics class, I blew the class curve twice. My instructor said to me, you know, Don, we had to throw out your grade for both exams. You were 10 points above everybody else. And I was like, and there was even a guy in there whose undergraduate major was economics. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> you know, and so my, my GPA out of 4.0 was 3.938 because I got two A minuses and I got two A pluses, but they didn't cancel each other. So I, I didn't quite end up with a 4.0. But that was God's grace. It was really God's grace. And that same lesson I, I continue to apply to life. And so I'm doing things, having a good life. So tell us about coming back. Yeah, how, how or why or when? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, so I'm, I'm well established in Zambia. I, I, I teach at Rama Zambia. I've been teaching uh, Christ the Healer for a number of years. I used to teach righteousness, but Steve Shoup, this won't class. be a call out to Steve Shu because I'm still ticked at him. He took anyway, you took my class. Steve's coming to town. Can he have your righteousness class? You know, and I've never gotten it back. But anyway, um, yeah. So, so teaching at Rama Zambia. What did you ask me? What am I doing now? Oh, so yeah, yeah, so one back. morning I'm listening to Keith Moore um, on a, a series I've listened to 50 times, and and he says something about taking a sabbatical, and I had this thought. Go back to Rama. Well, you've been like, down there doing minister all this time yeah. after leaving Pittsburgh back in 
back in Zambia, right? Yeah. Kind of fill yeah. in the blank. So I, I've been 12 years now okay. in, in Lusaka and and had this thought of, of, of coming back and I was rolled over and I like, Ugh. and then he said, but you're saying, wait, I can't afford to do that because, because, because. And I was like, I rolled over in bed and I was like, Lord, is that you? And and it was, you know, it, it really was. And, and, and two hours later, I'm like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll go. But I didn't have money. I didn't, I mean, what am I going to do with what I'm doing? How am I going to put everything on hold? Yeah. Um, but it all came together. And, and I thought I would come in September, but that didn't quite materialize. Did but spring. because I did, because I did wait, I had money. I came, I got a consultancy that, that was worth several thousand dollars and I was able to come here you know, pay my way. There's other people who helped me. And so things really came together. It was awesome. And she did the spring intake. Yeah, spring intake. Yeah. 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 So I finished, I finished in January of this year. Amen. So, yeah. so you finished in January. Did you walk the stage? I did. Yeah. I came back. Came back to walk the stage? I came back in May just to walk the stage. All yes. Right. Yeah, so that's one thing, too, at Rama, And so many of you that maybe, you know, you, you were graduates a long time ago, you might, might not realize that we actually have a spring intake right. as well as a fall intake. Yeah. So you can start Rama in January or you can start Rama in September. We just obviously just started our September um, um, term, you know, right now. And so maybe you're out there listening. You can actually start in, in January of 2023. You can, you can start Rama um, for you out there. If you'll just go to rbtc.org, rbtc.org, you can actually fill an application today if you want to, yeah. or if you want to find more information about Rama, if you'll just give us your email, your phone number, and your name especially, um, that we, we, we will send you, first of all, a digital packet immediately, and then we'll give you a call, and we'll have one of our student ambassadors talk to you about Rama College Weekend coming up. October 14th, I believe, that, yeah. that, that weekend. Um, and then, um, or maybe try to set up where you can just come to campus on any time and talk to you about, about, about Rama, more about what's going on. Or maybe you're out there and you're, you know, maybe like Don, or, or maybe you've actually graduated. Um, you know, we have a third year program now. And so I know a number of people who have graduated years and years ago and just, you know, for whatever reason, life happened, this happened, that happened. Maybe they got away from their call or, or whatever, or maybe they just, you know, really just wanted to, I, I know people actually pastored churches and yeah. then, you know, they were kind of going through a sabbatical time or something like that. And, I've yeah. got four or five in my third year yeah. uh, pastors and itinerance class right now. Yeah, and I'm not saying that their church was a failure or, mm. or whatever, but you know they've came back to, to our to our our third year pastors group. So maybe you're in that category out there, or maybe you know we have a lot of people who are in transition right now. Um, you know, with with all of the the way the world is going, the economic system and things like that. And in fact, I I'm actually surprised how many um, more mature Rama students we actually have um, yeah. this year that are first year students. I mean, I, I know some of them who were actually retired from whatever their job was. And there came in the Rama, and so it's it's interesting um, in teaching class in first mm -hmm. year. I mean, and then of course I know we just got stats the other day, um, how many mature fe you know, people there are now doing Craig's unofficial um, first year stat. I, I always do an unofficial thing. Um, usually, like we have a number of people between eighteen and twenty two, but I, I believe that right now unofficially, about seventy five percent of our students are above twenty five, um, which is you know kind of unusual for a college. Um, you know, so, 
But, um, you know, I, I know that there's a lot, lot of economic stuff or whatever. And I know a lot of people, you know, between jobs anyways, I was like, well, you know what? Now about me a good, good time to come to Raymond. We actually have some people who now they don't have to show up at work that they can you know, work, yeah, yeah. work mobily. That was one of the things yeah. was that I started drawing social security at the age of 62, <laughs> which enabled me to enroll. There yeah. you go. So anyway, rbtc.org is, is a great place to, to find out more about Rama. And, you know, maybe you're out there, maybe, you know, you feel called to the ministry or maybe you want to learn more about the Bible. In fact, a number of our students actually come to learn about the Bible. And then while they're here, God calls them to the ministry. So you, you, you never say you're not called. You, you, you know, some people, People don't know, and uh, I tell you what, a, a lot of I do know now. We have a number of parents who's like, I don't want to send my kid to a woke college. I do believe, you know, it's it's good to have a foundation, a spiritual foundation, bef- before you yeah. might go to a place like Pittsburgh or or some other, you know, college. Because you know, I mean, I mean, I, I don't want to say they're out to get you, but but you know, there, there's a lot of them. Um, a lot of, of I don't know how to how to left leaning people uh, out there to, to really trying to tear you down. But um, you know we're we're gonna bring Don back um for for um, um part two. But um you know we've we've gone kind of gone uh, enough here for for part one. And you know like I said, thank you for coming t- today and thank you for being a part. But here at Raymond, we're bringing hope, hope help, and healing, and healing to the world. world. God bless you guys. Have a great day. All right, there's some.